0: If you have your Bibles with you, you can open them with me to 1 Samuel, chapter 27. 1 Samuel, and chapter 27. That first song that we sang really struck me. Uh, It goes like this. I was sinking deep in sin. Like, whoa. That sounds like an impossible situation. But it gets worse. I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore, then there's then there's this part that doesn't really fit because there's three things about drowning, and then there's this one that doesn't fit, and that's this one. Deeply stained within, very deeply stained within. Like this is how bad the situa- situation is. I'm drowning. It's an impossible situation, which complicated because I'm far from the peaceful shore, and I'm deeply stained within, and I'm sinking. To rise no more. It's an impossible situation. Have you ever been in an impossible situation? The kind of situation where you can't go, forward, you can't go backwards, and you can't go forwards, and you can't go side to side. It is just an impossible situation. I, I bet, I bet if you and I were sitting across the table from each other, you'd tell me about an impossible situation that you can look back on, Or that you're afraid of happening in the future? I mean, sometimes we get in impossible situations when we're in business and we're growing broke and we get desperate and we've got to find a solution, we've got to find a solution fast and and sometimes we get into impossible situations. Sometimes we get in impossible situations with our friends, high school and middle school and Even as adults, sometimes we get ourselves into impossible situations. Sometimes we have impossible situations when it comes to our health. But let me tell you, what we're going to look at today is how to make an impossible situation worse. We're going to see David. He's in an impossible situation. This is David and Goliath. David, he has been running for his life from King Saul who has been trying to kill him and David has already by the way killed Goliath and David has already been anointed king. David has already been exalted above his brothers. He's already been like this combination rock star war hero where he's the king's musician but he's also a war hero that goes out and kills Philistines. He's earned his way into the royal family He has promise of the throne and he will be king one day, but right now he's stuck. And he's been in the wilderness and he's tired and he's afraid and he's about to make it worse. I wonder, I wonder if you can relate to that. Been through a really hard season. Please don't make it worse. But if you want to make it worse, here's how. Okay, So here we are. Then, okay, so this is what David has just been through, is he's been through three tests in the wilderness, starting with chapter 24. 24, he almost kills, he has the opportunity to kill Saul, but he decides not to because he believes that God is judge and God will do what is right. Chapter 25, Nabal, uh, he's about to kill Nabal, but then Abigail kind of reminds him of God, reminds him of the truth, so he decides not to kill Nabal, the fool, like he decided not to kill Saul and God saves him because he just believes God will do what is right. Chapter 26, he has the opportunity to kill Saul again. Even though Saul is trying to kill him, he decides not to because he believes God will judge. He says things that are like full of faith in 26 chap, chapter 26, verse 10. Like, God will judge Saul. I just believe that. And I believe God will reward me for doing what is right. Then... David said in his heart. Old boy is tired. He's afraid. He's been running for a long time and he's just coming off a victory. Then David said in his heart, now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. God has delivered me up to this point, but, you know, does he wonder if God will run out of, Strength to protect him, or is he just not thinking of God? You know, I don't know if you have your Bible open, but if you do, if you look at verse 24, David is talking to Saul, and he says, Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. He's like, I just believe that God is going to protect me. And then he says, I'm going to die. Saul's going to win. I I just want you to see that David had the potential to be double-minded. And if David has the potential to be double-minded, you and I also have that potential. I know I do. I can think things with great faith at one point and things full of doubt the very next moment, which seems to be where David is. So now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than I should escape into the land of the Philistines. So at this point, the green is Israel. And uh, you can see circled there in red is where the Philistines live. And he's like, I'm going to run away to the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were their ancient enemies. So when I say David and Goliath, David, where was Goliath from? gath which is a capital city or a really important city in philistia goliath was a philistine he's like i'm gonna to escape to them that seems like a great idea because then uh will saul, saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of israel and i shall escape out of his hand so david arose and went over over to the bad guys over to the enemies He and 600 men who were with him to Achish, the son of Moak, king of Gath. Goliath of Gath. He's going to Goliath's hometown to run away. He's done this before. Remember, he ended up drooling in his beard and making scratch marks on the door until the king of Gath decided he was crazy and sent him away. And he's like, you know, that kind of worked the first time. Maybe I'll try it again. We don't always make good decisions when we're afraid and tired and not seeking the Lord. And David lived with Achish at Gath. Somehow it worked. He and his men, every man within his household. And David with his two wives, Ahamon of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. The Bible does talk about people having more than one wife and it always describes it as not working. One wife is plenty. (laughs) My wife always smiles when I say that, you know? And when it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, he no longer sought him. And then David said to Achish, If I have found favor in your eyes, let a place be given to me, in one of the country towns that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So that day, Achish gave him Ziklag. So if you're looking for Ziklag on a map, you probably won't find it because we don't exactly know where it is, but we know where it is about. It's somewhere between uh, Gaza and Beersheba, right about where the arrow is on the map. Therefore, Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. And the number of the days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was, ready for this? A year and four months. That is a long time to pretend you're a Philistine. Now David and his men went up and made raids against the Geshurites, the Gizerites, and the Amalekites. We know that they are south. And these were the inhabitants of the land from of old, as far as sure, to the land of Egypt. And David would strike the land and would leave neither man nor woman alive, but would take away the sheep, the oxen, The donkeys, the camels, the garments, and come back to Achish. David is kind of doing what Saul did, keeping stuff for himself, only David is bringing them back to Achish and saying, See what a good Philistine I am? If this makes you uncomfortable, it should. When Achish asked, where have you made a raid today? David would say, against the Negev of Judah. See, I'm a good Philistine. I'm raiding Judah. Had he raided Judah? No. Old boy's lying. Against the Negev of the Jeremilites. Against the Negev of the Kenites. And David would leave neither man nor woman alive and bring the news to Gath, thinking, lest they should tell about us and say, So David has done. Such was his custom all the while he lived in the country of the Philistines. This was his day job. This was how he went to work every day. He went and made raids and then lied about where he had been, convincing the king of Gath that he was a good Philistine. And Achish trusted David. The king of Gath, the big mucky muck Philistine, trusted David. David was really, really good at living a double life. Thinking, he has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces for war. those next four words to fight against israel whoa david is pretending to be a philistine and he is about to what's david going to do now either he fights with the philistines and has to kill his own people or he outs himself and says i'm really not a philistine i'm really still an israelite and then they kill him What's he going to do? This is an impossible situation, and he's made it it worse. And Achish said to David, understand that you and your men are to go out with me in the army. You're going to fight right alongside me. Me, the king of the bad guys, and you, you're going to fight right alongside me. David said to Achish, very well, you shall know what your servant can do. It's kind of Kind of like, what on earth does that mean? You'll see how good a fighter I am. Is David still thinking that he's going to, in the middle of the battle, turn on him? Or is David thinking, you'll, you'll see me fight like I've never fought? What, what does this mean? And Achish said to David, very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. David has taken an impossible situation, running away from Saul, and really made it worse going over to the Philistines. So, you know, we ask, well, how can you make an impossible situation worse? And we're going to learn from David's life here how to make an impossible situation worse. So how do you make it worse? Well, the first thing I would counsel you to do, if you want to make a bad situation worse, the first thing I would say is, start out by listening to yourself when you are tired and scared and just coming off a victory. That's what David does. You know, he says in his heart, I'm gonna die. And he says, well, if that's what my heart is telling me, it must be true. Not everything your heart tells you is true. The first way to make it worse is to listen to yourself. The second way to make it worse is don't pray. I don't know if you remember, but the last time David just started doing stuff, when he was really scared of Saul, a whole city of priests died. And after that, David's like, you know, I guess I better pray. And then he starts to pray. Well, now David is back to trying to lie his way out of stuff. So, listen to yourself, especially when you're tired and scared and just coming off a couple of victories. Number two, don't pray. Number three, those of you who lift weights, do you see a problem with this? How to balance. One of these is not like the other. Here's the thing. Why is this a bad idea? Well, for a lot of reasons, it's a bad idea. But see, you you wouldn't ever lift like this because of what Damien said. It's just completely out of balance. It's just not going to work. There's just so many reasons. This is just not going to work. See, in the Bible, the term for this would be unequally yoked. David and Achish are unequally yoked. David can't be the bodyguard of the Philistine king because David is destined to be the king of Israel. It's just not going to work. One of these is not like the other. It can't work. God has not called David to be the bodyguard of the Akish. That's not what God has called him to be or do. So it's not going to work. David has put himself in an impossible situation where it cannot last forever. He can't always be Akish's bodyguard. It can't last. Kind of like if you were to yoke weights like this, it can't last. You can't go on like this forever. And if you're looking at, if, listen, listen. If you're wondering how to make a bad situation work, worse. If you're wondering how to make a bad situation worse. Number one, listen to yourself. Number two, don't pray. Number three, live a double life. This is what David is doing with Achish. He's living a double life. Pretending to be something that he's absolutely not. And it won't work. It, it can't stay like this. I have to think David ends up in a place, or at least he will. Maybe he's not yet. I, I still think David is really full of himself. Still trusting in himself. But David will eventually be in a place where he says something like, How did I get here? I never thought I would be here. I never thought I'd be the bodyguard of the king of Gath. How did I get here? I never thought I'd be here. Have you ever said anything like that? How did I get here? I never thought I'd be here. I can't stay here. What's still true about God, though, when you're in an impossible situation? And you're like, I think I've still got this. The, the, thing, that I, the thing that I want you to know first would be that God will let you live a double life for a while. This is what God allowed David to do. He allowed David to live this double life for a while. It reminds me of the parable of the prodigal son, where the prodigal son asks his dad for his inheritance early, and the dad gives him his inheritance and then the prodigal son just goes off to a far country. And, and the father allows his son to go to a far country so that he can eventually have his son's heart back. And I, I just want you to know, God will let you... Like, he'll give you the rope. He'll let you run. I used to... I mean, I, maybe I've told you the story before, but my brother-in-law... Is a police officer, and um, there'd be times when he's chasing guys, and uh, one time he was telling me about this guy he was chasing that was way bigger than him, way bigger than him. And so he's chasing him. They jump this fence. Jeff jumps it faster. They're sitting there. They're ready to fight, and Jeff's like, I just know if I fight him now, it's going to go bad. So Jeff's like, go ahead and run. <laughs> So the guy's like, okay. So the guy takes off and runs because Jeff knows that Jeff can run longer and farther. And Jeff, you know, Jeffs knows that this guy's going to get tired and then he can win. Jeff just lets the guy wear himself out and then he puts him in handcuffs and calls for backup. I mean, God doesn't have to do that, but for some reason he does. He lets us run. He lets us wear ourselves out. He lets us live the lie. He lets us live the double life until until we can't anymore. If I could just ask, can you keep doing it? I mean, I, I have to believe in a room this size. There's somebody here trying to live two lives at the same time. Trying to pretend there's something that they're not. Can you keep doing that? Like, how long can you do that? I just have to to think that's stressful. Always trying to cover your tracks. Always hoping nobody finds out. Always trying to make sure you got your story straight. How long long can you do that? Well, David could do it for more than a year. I mean, how long can you do it? God lets us live double lives. He lets us live a life for a while. But God will bring a tremendous amount of pain into David's life. And then David, well, you'll see later in the story. The second thing I'd say about God is that God protects his plan for David. Look, God isn't going to, amazingly, David is not going to get killed. And amazingly, David isn't going to kill Israelites. And I have to think that is only because of God's grace protecting his plan for David. That God has chosen that David will be king and David will be king. David is not going to be king because David is awesome. David is going to be king because God called David to be king because God chose him. Because God said, you're going to be king. And that's why David ended up becoming king, was because God gets his way every time. God's called you too. He picked you, called you. Justifies you, sanctifies you. The day is coming when he'll glorify you. In fact, God is so sure of this process that, that he will protect his plan for you. He can talk about all those things in the past tense. As he works all things together for the good of those who loves him, loves who love him, he can say, I've called you. I, actually, he starts with, I picked you, or I predestined you, I called you, I sanctified you, and, glor- and I've glorified you. He, like I say, he can t- speak of it in the past tense. It's Romans eight twenty nine through 30. God protects his plan for us. And David will go through a tremendous amount of pain while he's still living this double life. And God is using that pain to help David come back to him. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians. As the Apostle Paul wrote about how they had gone through this tremendously hard time, this unbelievably hard time, so that they would not rely on themselves, but on God. So I'd like to read that to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, that we despaired of life itself. He's like, this was an impossible situation. Utterly impossible. He says, we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. He says, we were so utterly burdened that we felt like life was being crushed out of us. Like this heavy weight was on us, and it was crushing the life right out of us. And he's like, we thought we were under the sentence of death. We thought it was our time to go. But, that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. What are you going through? How have you attempted to live maybe a double life? God is pulling you back to himself. Helping you rely on him. And if you're thinking, this is crushing the life out of me. and rely on the God who raises the dead. So what should we do? Well, the first, the first thing I'd offer you is stop making it worse. If you find yourself in an impossible situation, stop making it worse. Stop relying just on yourself. And the way we rely on ourselves is we just listen to ourselves and no one else, especially God. We don't pray. And we rely on ourselves, and so we do things in our own strength, which ends up meaning a lot of times we lie and live a double life. Stop making it worse. Stop relying on yourself. And... Turn to God. Surrender to the Lord. I mean, he he is waiting for you. We'll see this in David's life. As David is under this tremendous weight, and it's going to feel like for David, what the Apostle Paul was talking about, that life was being crushed out of him, that this tremendous weight was on David, and life was being crushed out of him, and he thought he was in a place where I'm just going to, give you a little forewarning here he thought his own men were going to kill him he thought his own men were going to do what Saul was unable to do and he relies on God stop making it worse and surrender to the Lord after all what other option do you have You know, this is where we started. We started with, I was sinking deep in sin. I was in this impossible situation, and I was sinking deep in sin. And there was no way I was going to make it to shore because I was far from shore. And it's not that I was going to be awesome and perfect in my own self because I was deeply stained within. And I was sinking to rise no more well, what does this song say the answer is? I mean, I think it gets it right, and that's why I'm quoting it, because love lifted me. Love himself came down, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead on the third day, and lifts us. Turn to the Lord. Surrender to Him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You that You love us with laying down Your life, dying on the cross sin. Lord, I thank You that we can turn to You when we're at the end of ourselves. Lord, I pray that You would keep pulling us towards Yourself. You would not give up on us. That You would keep redeeming everything for good. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.